Hello and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Katherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Our music is brought to you by Tanika Charles, courtesy of Record Kicks. Her album Soul Run and The Gumption are available now on all streaming platforms. We have uh, one hell of an episode today. So much has happened and I'm so happy to have our guest a uh, friend to the show, someone who pays more attention to the draft than anyone else I know. So happy to have him back. It's Matt McCready. Hey, thanks for having me, Catherine. It's so great to be back on my favorite podcast in the whole world. Uh, <laughs> stuff you should know. <laughs> no, this is a, I love this. I love this one. This is great. Um, oh, man. I love having just a one-on-one conversation about basketball and this is uh, I, I'm really there's so much to talk about you were, you were saying so many times we just delve into the absolute minutiae of these tiny little deals but today we have more than enough to talk to uh, talk about literally like we'll miss a ton of stuff but the stuff we'll hit on will be entertaining don't take those headphones out keep them in your ears everybody we'll be back in a couple minutes <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's been a lot and, you know, usually I kind of separate everything from like NBA and then Raptors talk, but I really feel like a lot of the Raptors news this week has been the biggest news in the NBA. So why don't we just start with it? Let's just, you know, and it's been a while since I've had a significant Raptors moment anyways, that I just feel very comfortable diving fully into Raptors talk off the top. So we got to talk Kyle Lowry. He's officially left. He's with the Miami Heat. Um, He stuck around long enough to do sign and trade. We got um, Goran Dragic. Dragic? Did I just say that right? Dragic? Uh, Oh, now I don't know. You know what? (laughs) I'm going to assume I said it right. It's one of those names where it's like I hear it all the time, but it's so rare that I say it out loud. That yeah. the second I did, I started to doubt myself. But anyways, we got him and Precious Achua in the sign and trade. Um, probably. Prob- what do you mean probably? <laughs> it's not official? I don't know if it's actually official yet. Anywho, we'll just say we did. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't see this. I don't see this not going through. At Wouldn't this it be point. awesome, though, if uh, Masai just pulled the plug on and was just on like, everything. whatever? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think that adds to the Raptors like fan temperature right now, which I feel is pretty hot because oh, it's an angry group of people. Yeah, because of all the Maasai uncertainty. So let's just start with how you feel about this, just purely from a feelings perspective, and then we can get into it from a more basketball perspective. Um, It's sadness and not so much sad, although it's sad that Kyle's leaving. Kyle's leaving has been like, the third Lord of the Rings movie and that there's been like nine endings already. So like, I've like accepted he's gone. The Eagles have carried him away. They're going to like a heaven type of space. I get it. I get it. He's gone. It sucks. He's the best Raptor ever in terms of career for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, you know, Kyle's gone, but I think like, I'm kind of sad because it seemed like there was a chance that the Raptors could kind of like be very competitive for the East, have this blip year where things kind of go badly and then um, kind of like pop back into the picture. But it seems like they're going for more of a rebuild thing. Yeah. And I mean, you know, people have been saying like, you know, a rebuild after the championship was somewhat inevitable. It feels really early. Hmm. But the one thing that I kind of feel like I keep going back to is 
the postseason press conference with Masai and when he was like a play in play in for what we want to win. And I think he is just not interested in being somewhere in the middle of the Eastern conference at all. And I, and that for me has kind of informed um, the way I look at this now, like I, I wasn't looking at it, anticipating this the whole time, but now that this week has happened, I keep going back to that quote. I mean, that makes sense. You know, I guess that's like how, so do you, do you think that there's going to be like a Siakam trade or a Fred Van Vliet trade? Like how much of a rebuild do you think they're going to go into? I think there could be a Siakam trade, right? but I think we're keeping Fred. Right. Okay. But I think the, the Siakam trade I think is more from a personality clash yeah. situation that's happening right now than it is just him as a player and his ability. There's a lot of smoke about him and um, Nurse not getting along, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but also I think like, you know, for all the smoke that is out there about Siakam and Nurse not getting along, I do feel like the they are both willing to just get over it and move on. Like I, I, so, I think, yeah. I think nurse will coach anybody. Like, I, I don't think oh. he care. I don't think he cares. Like, I yeah. think like, I'm sure he was hurt in the moment or whatever, but I don't think he's like, I'm not going to coach this guy. You would hope so. I mean, that's part of being a coach is that you have to be the bigger person in terms of getting over this kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, I, that, I, I like think if you can't is. do that as a head coach, you're not an elite head coach. You just like, aren't, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, when I think about last season, like, he kept giving Siakam the ball at the end of games, mm-hmm. even when fans were screaming about it. And Siakam kept not knowing what to do with the ball. <laughs> and he kept think- giving him those chances. So, right. I mean, I feel like, I feel like Nick is still coaching him anyway. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be good. I mean, Siakam never stopped trying on defense, you know, like those types of players, it's hard to kind of like get over coaching, but he always like busted his ass completely on defense. And, um, I kind of, I'm, I'm curious about Siakam because he's like 27 or 28 and it seems like we're kind of going into a rebuild, but his skill set seems to be very good for kind of what the Raptors are building and very good and very difficult to replace. Meaning it seems like if they get Precious Achua, um, then you have like between him, OG, um, uh, uh, between him, OG, uh siak sorry siakam og precious and uh scotty barnes you have these like four kind of interchangeable ultra switchable guys and is that what they're trying to build and if so do you hold on to siakam um i don't know maybe they'll try it maybe they'll try it and it could end up being like a mid-season situation cool yeah i mean i think you should probably just hold on to siakam until he's back from that shoulder injury anyways and kind of reestablishing some value because if you're just going to get crap for him, you might as well just hold on to him. Because what else are what else are they really going to do? Unless they're just trying to lose. Yeah, which I don't think we are. Like, I don't think we're tanking. Yeah. But I do think we're rebuilding. I mean, as far as Kyle goes, I really, I really feel like I grieved Kyle leaving during the trade deadline. Totally. That for me, I wasn't emotional about it now that it happened. Like, I was emotional about it back in March. And yeah. now I've like, I've, I'm well. That last in- game was so perfect. You know, the game before the trade deadline. It was yes, like, it was. I mean, that I might so as well have been he wasn't his last traded. game. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't his last game, but it might as well have been. Yeah. And 
yeah, like I just felt like I'm so deep into the acceptance stage of grief <laughs> when it comes yeah. to Kyle leaving that I wasn't emotional about it. Um, I mean, yeah, I you think- know, my my mom passed away 18 years ago, and if someone gave me this like, you know, painting of her, I'd be like, I wouldn't be overcome with emotion. You know, I'd be like, that's I've I've accepted her death. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's how I'm feeling about Kyle. I'm feeling the same way about it as, as my dead mother. 18 years later. <laughs> 18 years later. Yeah. Uh, I haven't conceptual, uh, conceptualized Kyle leaving with in terms of my own dad's death, but that's a very funny concept <laughs> to me. <laughs> you just which, try to which for me it to was, the- was right. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I have not compared the two at all. You know what? I'm at the point. I think once you reach age 18 for your for your death is where you can just use it almost as jokes that don't really work in podcasts. Like that's like <laughs> the level of acceptance you've reached. It's just such a part of your life. Um, it's like when we got to the point where it was like, oh, okay, we can do jokes about 9-11 now. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not there yet. No way. No way. <laughs> <laughs> the only bad thing that's happened in human history in my books. Oh, the one man. untouchable. Um, no, I mean, yeah. 9-11's hilarious. I love, I love it. <laughs> so Kyle's gone. Kyle's gone. <laughs> that's how you know this is a Raptors bias podcast. We just compared this to the death of our parents and 9-11. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everyone who's a Raptors fan's mental state is clearly fucked up. Um, <laughs> I think it, I think it was just disappointing, you know, we like, there are so many possibilities of like cool stuff that could have happened, you know, like Jared Allen was a cool idea. Uh, Rashawn Holmes was kind of cool and exciting. There's just hasn't been anything exciting. The Raptors <laughs> signing maybe the most racist player in the NBA was also like, maybe not the coolest um, offseason. Who's that? Um, Sam Decker. Oh, I don't know anything about the Sam Decker. Oh, um, J.R. Smith said a few years back that he was the only teammate he's ever disliked he has anything bad or the only teammate he's ever he has anything bad to say about him because apparently he went on some like uh what about what about uh trump rant on the bus one day when he was playing with jr smith well i don't Uh, feel like that's gonna go over well here either (laughs) well decker's um wrote a tweet a tweet about it after it came out that he deleted since saying like i don't know i'm not a pro-trump guy so you know maybe you know what that reminds me of there's so many people who will tell you they're not a conservative or they're not like a trump fan or they're not whatever but when it really comes down to the vote that's what they do yeah he seems like that guy yeah i mean it's not great um so that being the big signing has been wholly unexpected and deeply disappointing um for a lot of reasons so i don't know it's like yeah i think we're all just kind of like figuring out what this team is at this point because right now it feels like an eight seed you know i think we're less than that and i and i think um my feelings about the raptors right now are frankly cynical and jaded (laughs) yeah i mean me and freddie revis had like a blow up in this like very harmonious um 
Freddie Rivas, uh, co-host of your WNBA, WNBA yes. podcast, yes, a friend yes, of this yes. podcast, just to be for anyone who's listening and doesn't know. Uh, we were friends as well. And we had like basically a big fallout because of how much we were feuding over from my cynicism uh, point of view and his like very positive point of view. Oh, he's on- so positive about the Raptors, even when I'm not. He is. And it's, it's, uh, sometimes you just, I just need to be angry about something. I need to be a little disappointed and I don't need to be told everything's going to be okay. You know? Um, so you you just want to be seen, Matt. Thank you. And that's why (laughs) I'm here. I (laughs) Confederacy of dunks is being recorded in the next zoom room and I'm here, uh, because (laughs) I need to be angry and be told that I'm right to be angry. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it doesn't seem like an exciting upcoming year for the Raptors. You know what I mean? No, not at all here. Okay. Here is where my cynicism and jadedness lies right now. Okay. I do appreciate Kyle sticking around or working out a sign and trade. So he mm-hmm. does, so we don't get nothing unlike so many other free agents that have left in the last two years. Yeah. Um, I do think precious Achua is a solid addition for a rebuild. But I think, you know, and we'll move on into the draft because I really want to just talk about the Raptors as a big picture right now, uh, or at least the Raptors pick, and then we'll do the rest of the draft later. Um, The Scotty Barnes pick confuses me because I feel like they could have drafted Jalen Suggs, and then let's say Orlando picks Scotty Barnes, you could then call Orlando and be like, we'll trade you Jalen Suggs for Scotty Barnes and two future second round picks. And they make that deal. And then not only do you get Scotty Barnes, but then you get more future picks. So I just don't understand why, if you were really set on that guy, why you wouldn't have done that. Um, Also, I really believe that like, oh, Scotty Barnes is in Toronto. He's Jamaican. He's embracing the city. Look, he's at, the real jerk with Carnell official. Like these are publicity stunts. Yeah. These are publicity stunts because they know the fan base is upset. And I don't know why people don't see right through that. Like the pandering of the fan base is getting to me because it's so fake and I fucking hate it. And I really, really hate it. And I feel like, I mean, here's one thing. Scotty Barnes never really looked super comfortable in any of those photos, you know? Like, he's no. kind of like, here I am, you know? <laughs> like, oh, you want this. a photo of me eating jerk chicken? Okay. I mean, honestly, like, it would be like if yeah. I, like, if it would be like if someone was recruiting me and I went to a new city and they were like, hey, Catherine, we're going to have some photos of you eating samosas. It'll really energize the fan base. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah whatever, I guess. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> It was, it was a little weird. It was a little weird. I think like one thing to look at it though, is that like, we are in like the upper echelon of hardcore, crazy Raptor fans. And I think for a lot of people, it is just like as important to them as a reality TV show. And so they don't really care if it's a little bit pandering, you know, it's not like um, a politician that might be screwing them out of like their house and home. I wonder if like that's an element that we might because be it's just trivial. It's just it is. Tri- it's not honestly that important um, for some. I mean, people. you have a point, but I okay. Here's okay. Here's my other layer of cynicism. Okay, great. is that is I okay? 
I really am not a huge fan of new Raptors fans in that I hate how much Raptors Twitter. So I should say Raptors fans, new Raptors fans who are active on Twitter more specifically, because I'm sick and tired of how much they rely on pettiness and how pettiness is their only form of humor. Yeah. And what's an example of that? Just to make sure I'm on the same page. Oh God. Like literally like, okay. Great example. How many tweets did we see? Like, Oh, Lakers should have wanted Kyle, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, like just holding on to these constant petty grievances, like literally no one cares. Not a single Laker fan is fucking rolling around LA being like, we should have had Kyle. Like they're not, no, I mean, I think Laker fans are well aware that if both LeBron and AD are injured, Kyle's not saving the day. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it, it, it's just, it bothers me in that it's just so fucking annoying. <laughs> and, and then, but then yeah. I also am not like, you know, a lot of older Raptors fans who I include myself in that group because I've been watching them since the beginning, like since I was a kid. We're both in our early fifties. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I'm not like, oh, you know, like willing to sit through years and years of rebuilding. Like, I just feel like maybe I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to associate myself with a losing mentality, even if it is something as trivial as sports. Like, I think a lot of people take a lot of virtue in being a fan for a really long time and sitting through all these dark days and blah, blah, blah. And I am just not there anymore. Like I used to be that fan and I'm not that fan anymore. Now I'm like, you're a corporation and you're going to earn my business or you're not. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I, you know, I enjoyed this last playoffs run because I just got to enjoy basketball and watching like great players. And like, I didn't have like my sense of worth tied up (laughs) with, you know, how uh, one specific team kind of played. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You, you covered a lot of ground there. Um, Yeah. What do you feel? How do you feel about the, uh, is this, I don't know if I'm jumping too far into something else, but what, how do you feel about the Gary Trent jr. uh, Contract? I like him. I think he's cool. Um, I do think he can grow into a solid backup guard on a very good team. Oh, wow. Okay. I do think he, I do think that's a ceiling. And when I say that, I mean, that was Norm Powell's ceiling. Yeah. And I do see them as, I know they were traded for one another, but I do see him as a, as a younger Norm Powell, which I think was the whole point of that trade. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I um, I'm, I was. I'll tell you one thing: when he finally lands in Toronto, that guy's getting laid. By... Laid, <laughs> not by me. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't want to get laid by me. But uh, he. Uh, he's a laid. very handsome guy for sure. Yeah, great, yeah, great. Yeah. Um, great thighs, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a handsome guy. Um, yeah. Congratulations, Gary Trent, on the contract <laughs> and the act you're going to be getting when you come to Toronto. Uh, may it be plentiful as, as the dollars. There's going to be a Miss Canada competition in that guy's apartment. Like oh <laughs> the hottest girls in Canada lined up Yeah, for yeah. sure. You don't even think about the fact that he's like six, five or six, six too, you know, which is uh, also a uh, handsome. Yeah. It uh, adds barometer. to it. Yeah. It adds yeah. to it for sure. Yeah. He's not, he's not freaky tall where it's like maybe too much. Um, but you know, our sexual preferences aside, um, I feel like, uh, I feel like 
I was disappointed with the contract um, because he's like 22. One of the joys of having someone like that is you can um, watch them develop and, you know, uh, watch the skills develop and kind of like uh, maybe make, even though you're paying so much in the later years, you'll like make it up by how much better he has gotten. But he's, it's only, it's basically a two year deal. So we got him for his age 23 and 24 season. He'll probably be starting to hit his prime. And then he's pro well, he's either off the team or we're paying him an incredible amount or he is bad and he doesn't develop. And then we have a bad contract for three years. So I just feel like the upside of the deal is low. Interesting. Um, so his deal is, um, three years, $54 million. Yeah. So yeah. 18 years, eight, but the third year is a player option. So he can opt out of it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, the way I see it is, um, I don't think it's an untradeable contract if it comes no. to that. Yeah. You're probably right. So I'm, I'm not that mad at it. And honestly, like, my God, if we didn't have Gary Trent Jr., things would be even more grim. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I just kind of wish that they just tossed um, Norm at the trade deadline for maybe something more future if we are going down this route. Um, you know, I, I mean? agree with you on that, because I think when that trade happened, I didn't know, like, where this was going. Mm hmm. And I thought it was kind of more about like we weren't going to pay Norm than yeah. it was about us being in a full rebuild. And I do think the Raptors could have committed to the full rebuild at the trade deadline. I mean, basically, once the Giannis thing wasn't happening, you could have <laughs> committed to the full rebuild. Yeah, I mean, because I, I mean, first I was, week I into a... the into the season, we all knew Aaron Baines wasn't it. First week, it didn't take long. Yeah, like it I mean, wasn't even 2021 yet. I think I'm trying to think of where Bane's place is on my like all time worst Raptor list. And it's he's ahead high. of Arujo, if you remember Rafael Arujo. <laughs> yeah. um, he was truly putrid. Um, but he is up there on the like most devastatingly negatively impactful Raptor players of all time. Yeah, I mean, 2004 to 2006 are pretty blocked out. So there could have been yeah. players in, in those years that I just, like, don't remember. Yeah, I mean, Vashawn Leonard was the savior at one point. I don't know if you remember him. Only vaguely. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, um, sorry, uh, where, where do you want to go next on this? Because uh, clearly I, I derailed into something. Uh, no, it's good. I mean, I think we're both just like not feeling great as Raptors fans. I'm just, I'm not here buying into this new hype because it just feels forced. It doesn't feel organic. Um, I don't think this team is a playoff team. I don't think they should want to be a playoff team. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I don't even think we should want the play-in because let's, let's move into kind of breaking down the Eastern Conference a bit and then we can look at Miami and this new Chicago Bulls, which I also want to talk about. Sure. Because really when you look at it, the top teams in the East right now are obviously Brooklyn, Bucks, and then you have the Hawks and yep. you have the Heat and the Sixers. 
So that's your five. I mean, we don't know what's happening with Ben. Yeah, that's five. We don't know what's happening with Ben Simmons yet, but that's five. Then you got to figure like Charlotte's going to level up. Yeah. This year because they're not going to, they're going to have LaMelo assuming for a full season. Like, you know, this, this is all based on everyone's healthy. Right. Yeah. Um, so then that's seven. And then that, you know, a team teams always come up in surprise. So could it be the Raptors possibly, but it could also be like Indiana. It could now that they have TG Warren back. Uh, and oh my could, God. I haven't mentioned the Celtics. Yeah. Celtics. The Celtics are going to be there. So really like that's your eight. And yeah. you're right. There could be a surprise. For all I know, Cleveland could be surprising this the year. Knicks could come up, you know. Like I again. haven't mentioned the Knicks. God. Oh, I think the Knicks are are a disaster. That's my personal opinion. The Knicks yeah. are an absolute disaster, and we'll we'll get into that. But yeah, so I've just mentioned eight teams in the East. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't even mention the Knicks. So I and mean, Siakam's out until Christmas. You know, Siakam's out play, until Christmas. Even if he does play, you know, for the, or doesn't get traded. <laughs> We're looking. Oh my God. And the new Chicago. Yeah. And the new Chicago bulls. Oh yeah. The bulls, <laughs> the new Chicago bulls. So, you know, we're looking, so bulls. between the Knicks and the bulls, we're looking at a 10th place at best. We should not want it. We should not want it. And I think it's going to be a pretty grim year. I think it's just going to be a grim year. Yeah. We still don't have a center like at all. Is precious a Chua center. I mean, here's the thing with Precious. It's like, I think he's an okay prospect, but I think he kind of maxes out as a backup center. Right. I, because he's 6'8", he's 220. So God, he's undersized. Everyone, everyone's 6'8". Everyone but you were saying all these interchangeable guys. Yeah, I didn't realize I mean, Precious I, was also 6'8". He's 6'8", 220. So he's basically the same size as like, he's basically Scotty Barnes if he can't pass. He's actually a worse shooter than Scotty Barnes. And he was, he had one of the worst assisted turnover ratios in the league. So he will get better almost certainly, but he has to get a lot better. And even still, what does he max out as as a guy who doesn't really pass uh, play defense, but is a little undersized. who so will get worked by like the Embiid's and stuff. Um, I'm just kind of curious, you know, like what, what can he possibly max out as at best a low end starter? Yeah, I agree. For me, I just feel like I'm at a point where I'm not really interested in a full rebuild just yeah. as a fan and in, and as an investment of my time. So are you saying you're just like, but you're saying that's the only option though, right? Yeah. As yeah. a Raptors fan, that's the only option. But I just, I mean, I'll still like, I feel like I'm still definitely paying attention. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm just not as You're not going to like make, oh, I can't go out. I have to watch the Raptors game, you know? Yeah. Like, like before, like the lot, like in the championship season and in the run it back season, oh, I was great times. Both God, seasons. amazing. Amazing. Like if I missed a game, like let's say I had like shows or something and I missed a game, I would go out of my way to make sure I watched that game later. Even if I knew the score. Because I wanted to see the game. Like, that's how much I love the team. That's how much I cared. That's how fun it was for me. To I watch. love watching a game when you know I'm not doing that now. Like, it's just, it's very like, if I miss a game, eh. Yeah. Eh. If I catch it, great. But if I miss it, it's not a big deal. Yeah. No, I'm in, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I was doing that down the stretch of last year as well. You know, I wasn't uh, getting too hyped for the uh, Freddie Gillespie 34 minute games, you know? 
God, I do like Freddie God bless these fans that are like, but we have Freddie Gillespie. Like, God bless. But I'm just, I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm not there. And it's just like, whatever. Yeah. This is the new state of the Raptors. Obviously, like, I think if I knew we had Masai for a while, maybe I would be a little more invested in this process. But I think not knowing his status is also kind of pulling me back a bit. Mm-hmm. Or I holding me back, the, I should say. I assume this isn't the case. But what it appears to be since the offseason started is that the Raptors were more interested in facilitating this Kyle Lowry trade to Miami than doing things to improve their team. Like mm-hmm. to like get Goran Dragic and Precious Achua was more important than any other option that could have been on the table. When there were a lot of like young, good players that could have been had you know, throw out some, you know, big uh, restricted free agent off- offer to somebody. Like, I don't know. It just seems like we really put all our eggs into whatever basket Miami kind of dictated the team to get. Okay. This is, this is good because I feel like this is helping me really define how I feel where I feel like the Raptors as an organization are treating the fans like, oh, look, Scotty Barnes, real jerk, blah, blah, blah. Like as if that those are the things we care about the most. And right. the and I'm like, no, no, no. I want to know what you're doing. Right. Like I'm a smart enough fan that I just care about what you are doing. Yeah. And I and it almost feels like pandering to me or it does feel like pandering to me. And I'm just like, no. No, I'm not here for this. I think that's why I'm feeling cynical and jaded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're seeing the forest for the trees. I was talking to a friend of mine who like barely follows basketball at all. He doesn't really follow basketball. He plays basketball, but doesn't follow professional sports at all. And he was like, so I've been hearing some Scotty Barnes stuff that he's like a really cool guy. And I'm like, yep. And he was like, uh, it feels weird that they're just seemingly picking up guys because they're fun. And I'm like, ah. Yeah, that is weird, mm-hmm. you know? Just like a perspective from somebody who's not trying to convince themselves <laughs> that their next season of watching basketball will be okay. Um, as somebody who follows the draft, I forgot to ask you, how do you feel about the Scotty Barnes pick? Oh, I mean, I really, like, I didn't have Scotty Barnes in my top 10. You um, didn't? No, no. <laughs> oh my God. As someone who follows the draft, you did not have Scotty Barnes in okay, your top well, 10. Here's the thing. I, I, I remember uh, as somebody who follows the draft like a maniac, I remember loving Doncic and being like, Doncic has to go number one. You know, what he's doing in Europe is unprecedented. He's got to be the number one pick. That turned out to be great. I also thought that Devin Booker was a reach at number 12. So I have been wrong and right before. Sure. So I am totally prepared to eat a ton of shit on Scotty Barnes. Let's talk about like, let's talk about the negatives of Scotty Barnes, Barnes first before we go to the, the positives, because we, I feel like we're being maybe too dour uh, sure. in general. Um, <laughs> you, you think? Know? Yeah. I brought up my dead mom for really we, no uh, reason. We, we brought up dead parents in. and I love it. You think we're being a little dour? I think we're being a little dour because like we've compared <laughs> the Raptors to our dead parents more than once. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, the, the minus is on Scotty Barnes is he can't shoot at all. Really. Um, he can't shoot. He can't really finish um, around the basket. He can't shoot from the mid range. He can't shoot free throws. So bad. That's bad. And the reason I didn't have him in the top 10 is because, I feel like some people are like, yeah, shooting can develop. Look at uh, 
Um, look at, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard, he learned how to shoot, but he's like the greatest statistical outlier in NBA history. You know, that's not going to happen for everybody. Like look at Stanley Johnson, like look at like, uh, baby Noguera, look at Jakob Pertl, look at like 50 guys that come through that never learned to shoot. Uh, and then we don't talk about how they never developed shooting because they're out of the league. We remember Pascal Siakam. We remember OG Ananobi. Mm. I feel like it comes that an organization can for sure nurture talent in that regard. But really, it comes down to the player themselves. So while, yes, shooting is more teachable than, say, uh, being six foot eight with a seven two wingspan. Like, you can't teach that, obviously. Um, I don't know if it's as teachable as some people think it is. Positives for Barnes. He is fun. And I mean that in, like, the most positive way possible as a compliment. Um, and that, like, he seems like a really good teammate. Uh, he yells things out on the court. He's he's very helpful. Uh, his passing is excellent. But as somebody who themselves cannot uh, score on a basketball court and fancies themselves a good passer, it's easier to pass when you can't score because you're not thinking score ever. You're only looking at the mm. passing opportunities. And that's not to say that Scotty Barnes never scored, but it's less of a component of his mental um process than just passing um but yeah he's a defensive like he's huge he's enormous like he's the size he's big I, I think his wingspan is bigger than precious achua so i mean he i don't know in his first year if he's better off playing as a center or a point guard i don't know if that's bad but it shows some sort of versatility so these are the reasons why like he's kind of good for Suggs, an amazing playmaking center or sorry a playmaking guard defensively um, can get so many amazing steals, uh, hyper-athletic, also seems like a great um, teammate, uh, pushes the ball in transition, um, an incredible motor, like just hyper, just always making plays, would seemingly fit next, fit in next to Fred amazingly, seemingly would be like Fred would be a really good uh, mentor for him as well. Um, strong, uh, yeah, great, great passer in both the half court and in, especially in transition. So I don't know. I had um, Suggs as my number two prospect, um, so I was pretty uh, bummed they didn't take him. But at the same time, it could be wrong, so who knows? Well, how, how do you feel about um, these reports that Suggs didn't have a good workout with the Raptors? I think it's a little bit of hubris to put so much stock on how well someone does in an empty gym on one day. Um, I mm -hmm. think it's dangerous. And I think that happens a lot with teams where there's these workout guys who fucking crush and it doesn't necessarily pan out. Maybe the Raptors see some sort of physical, um, uh, like when it comes to Barnes, some sort of physical, cause he's a, he, he's a monster. He's huge. Uh, so maybe they see some sort of physical, like he's not done developing physically and that he can become even more of an athlete. And then you have somebody whose physicality, uh, cannot be contained regardless of necessarily if he develops into an amazing shooter. Um, but if someone like, I remember my dad told me the story about the Toronto Maple Leafs when I was a kid and this guy, Jeff Ware, who went in the second round and he was a complete bust, uh, but he was big. He was like six, five, uh, 250 pounds. And the reason they drafted him is because the uh, general manager took him out before the draft to interview him. And his quote, this is before he became a bust. His quote was, uh, he just mowed into the steak. You know, he just ate the steak so quickly. <laughs> and so they drafted this fucking guy because he ate a steak. Um, so I don't think that it's as egregious as that, but I think it's also look thinking like maybe Masai just drafted him because he's huge. It's the same reason he drafted Bruno Caboclo over some people. 
is because Bruno was longer than everyone. It's not necessarily rocket science. So that's what I'm, that's the, again, swinging back into the negative um, because <laughs> I hated the decision, but it's possible that I'm wrong. That's completely possible. I mean, I just, I look at this current Raptors squad and I'm like, who's scoring? <laughs> Nobody. No one's scoring. No one's an elite scorer on this team. Not a single person. I mean, like, does Freddie have to get 30 points for us to win a game? Below 40% last year as well, because he's because he had to shoot so much. He's best off the ball offensively. He's amazing as a secondary playmaker um, who can hit open shots like a madman. Yeah. Like I just, I look at this team and I'm like, I don't, get this team and like look we like also i don't have I, a center even if we, we have also like don't a great have defensive a center. center we could at least look over like the offensive limitations and be like well at least our defense is going to be stout and it seems stout except for the fact that again we don't have a center yeah it's going to be a mess um <laughs> i think i just have to conclude the entire segment by just saying it's going to be a mess um oh, with that being said um, I want to look at the Miami Heat for a second here because, sure. you know, I, I just feel like my my little hot take on this situation Ooh. is I look at the Heat and I feel like, OK, you got Kyle and, you know, oh, Kyle wants to play for a contender. That's cool. That's cute. This is a fringe contender. Yeah. Yeah. They're a fringe yeah. contender. They're not a contender contender. No, I don't think they'd go into many people's top five, you know, of contending teams in the league. I don't think so. I mean, I think like maybe a lot of people are looking at this year and just being like, hey, anything can happen. And I'm like, this year was so fucking weird, though. Like, You're not we're not repeating this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I mean, that's like. I will say they also they also got PJ Tucker, which I do think is a really big deal. Yeah, but they're also old, man. Like PJ Tucker and Kyle are like in the top ten oldest players in the entire league. Um, yeah, I mean, and they they have a really small window to make it all happen. Like this totally. is a two to three year window. And the thing is, like, I do think Bam is a great player, but he's not winning a matchup against Giannis. And you know, like the like the Heat completely fell flat against the Milwaukee Bucks, and so I mean. I don't know, like is Kyle like like Kyle Lowry versus Chris Middleton? I actually don't like a couple of years ago, like Kyle won that matchup, but I don't know about next year. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's just I mean, like, like I, I just one of the I don't things know. that Middleton does better. Maybe the thing Middleton does best is score over shorter players, anyways. You know, like he his ability to get his jump shot over somebody smaller than him is his best attribute. Um I so mean I'll, Kyle's yeah. not the best defender for him. I'll give it to the heat in that I like that. They, I do like that they're going for it and they definitely improved. It'd be exciting to be a heat fan right now, you know? Yeah. But I, I just, they are a fringe contender at best. And I just feel like I want to see if like, for me, it's like, if Kyle's leaving, I really want to see him win. And Mm -hmm. I'm, and I, and I'm not currently convinced that that's what we're going to see. That being said, the team I was most excited for him to go to was New Orleans. I love the Where idea. Were you really? Oh yeah, I wanted. To I see hated him those rumors so much. Like I, I he, I love Kyle and pick and roll, and him and Zion would just be like very fun. I mean, I guess I just feel like I, I, my general take on the Pelicans are that they are ruining this. 
They are ruining this opportunity with Zion the same way they ruin their opportunity with Anthony Davis, the same way Mm -hmm. they ruin their opportunity with Chris Paul. And it's just really disheartening, but I really do think they're ruining this. Yeah. Yeah. I actually kind of like those Chris Paul, uh, new Orleans teams, but I get what you're saying. Like, um, yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, I mean, I can't defend anything in new Orleans. New Orleans is a shit show. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm going to try. Why would you let Lonzo ball go, but take, uh, Sadoransky, like it's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's a weird. Yeah, weird I don't even get the Stephen Adams for JV trade. Hmm. That's a like, like like I, I think JV like is better, but to me, it's still a pretty lateral move because you're not. He's not a significantly better space maker for Zion. Yeah. So I that from that perspective, I don't get it. Um, I, mean, because, I, I liked it just because I think that JV is way better than Adams at this point, personally. I, think I like, agree, but yeah. I just don't see how those two together are going to fit. Fair enough. Um, but with that, um, DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, and yes. uh, oh my Caruso. God, what? Alex Caruso yeah. are all Chicago Bulls now. Um, oh, yeah. I think this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think this oh, we're, is so we're, stupid. We'll get to something we like at one point in this podcast. I swear to God, something we will like by the end of the podcast. <laughs> but right now, we'll go to the Bulls. Well, I, I why think, do I hate everything today? I don't know, but I just okay. What I do think that them acquiring uh, Lonzo Ball was a total dunk. I think that was like a great move. There's nothing wrong with them getting Lonzo. Um, I actually don't mind the Caruso part either, just because I don't think Lonzo or Levine, obviously, are good at defending the point of attack. Um, so I kind of get that. The DeMars thing was totally nuts. That's my, my least favorite movie of the entire offseason so far. Right, because I think DeMar really was going for the money. Like I think he considered going for the championship and then saw the money. And it was just like, forget it there. Who the hell else was going to pay DeMar DeRozan that much money? Like who had the money? It was three years, 85 mil. Yeah. Yeah. And they gave up. um, Was was it one for a first round pick in two seconds and Thad Young, who is maybe more valuable to their team than what DeMar DeRozan can give them. Um, It was a total insane thing. I think that, I mean, one thing I could say about the Bulls, it's probably the team, maybe one of the teams I'm most excited to see play next year, just because like, I have no idea how this is going to work out. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. I mean, for a, a franchise that hasn't had a lot to be excited about in a long time, I'm happy for them from that perspective. But because I think you do have reasons to be excited as a Bulls fan, mm-hmm. but I'm, and I think at Chicago, you got to be encouraged by being able to still attract free agents, frankly. It's just as cold as here, you know? So I think, like, from that perspective, you got to be excited. But for me, I really wanted to see DeMar on a team where he wasn't, of like, a second. Like, he, he's not a first option on this team, but I think he'll probably end up being more of a second offensive option. Because I think Lonzo's going to look to pass and all that. And I just, I have seen this guy crack under pressure too many times that I want, I really wanted to see, I really wanted to see him on the Lakers. And this was pre Westbrook trade. 
because I wanted to see what it would be like for DeMar to be a third offensive option, because I think if he didn't have that pressure on him as he went into a playoff run, he could be really good. Mm -hmm. Would you not consider Vucevic maybe to be um, the second, maybe the second option. Like maybe. he was an all-star last year, you know, like he, okay. Uh, okay. Stop. I mean, barely. he was an all-star Trey Young means... wasn't an all-star last year. And because all, he wasn't as good as game, Vucevic. That's no, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I mean, I, don't I, know. I, I, I just, mean, like... I feel like DeMar really needs the ball though. And I think he's good. I think DeMar is going to walk in there thinking he is better than Vucevic. Yes, yeah. And I mean, if you went into ball, a Lakers so. locker room, he's not walking in there thinking he's better than LeBron or Anthony Davis. I think that Vucevic and DeMar DeRozan are like, for me, probably both of my top five most overrated players in the NBA over the last couple of years. So them <laughs> both playing on the same team as like Lonzo Ball, who is also maybe super overrated by some people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really... I'm. I, I'm excited to see the Bulls because I truly have no idea how it's going to work out. I think it's going to work out bad, but I could also see them just being a team that just scorches people offensively. So I'm looking forward to it. I think the yeah, I think they'll be fun and- to watch, but I do think if they do end up being a fringe playoff team, I think they might end up being a bit of a bust. That's my prediction. Oh, they're going to be fun- rushed in the playoffs. Yeah, I think they're going to be fun to watch, but if they're in a play-in, which I predict they would be more in a play-in, like they're going to yeah. be they're not going to be higher than a top seven team who on this team defends Giannis. I guess is it, it would have to be Vucevic. Wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would have to be Vucevic. So yeah, that's, that, that's, that's a sweep. That's like, yeah, that's a sweep. I think he might, I think Giannis might average 53 points in a playoff series against this Bulls team. Well, the thing that's really special about Giannis and the Bucks is that this was not, I mean, I know people love Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. This is not a big three situation. This is a big one Whoa. situation. And Giannis to me is that good and that dominant that not that Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are bad, but they are not on the level of Giannis that you, in my opinion, you can call them a big three the same way you could call a LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. Uh, I don't, I the, don't, the drop-off uh, is I don't too significant. I disagree with you, and I don't, yeah. I don't think many people would disagree with you. Yeah, like, I just think the drop-off between Giannis and them is too big oh, it's enormous, to call them yeah. a big three. So anyway, it's just, he's a big one. So it's like, if you don't have someone that can respectably guard Giannis, or two mm-hmm. players that can respectably guard Giannis, No. Well, it's like going back to like the most dominant player I've seen in my lifetime is um, early 2000s Shaq. And uh, every team on the league in the league basically had like one or two guys to foul the shit out of Shaq because he was unstoppable. Uh, yeah. Like Giannis, I, I, I think I said in an earlier episode of this podcast that he reminds me of if Shaq never left Orlando. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I think. Like Penny Hardaway's window ended up being like sadly too short. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah. He's a guy who I really wish had modern medicine to work with, you know? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I just feel like if he stayed in Orlando, they probably would have gotten Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday type players around him. Right. And that would have been incredible. Yeah. I think like post Jordan, that would have been incredible. Yeah. I hear a lot of like, Giannis is better than Shaq or Giannis is is as good as Shaq talk. I think it's like worth remembering kind of what Shaq did when he entered the league, like in his rookie season, 
he averaged like 28 and 12 and like had games where he had 15 blocks a game. Yeah. Like, he was just like, he's the most dominant offensive player I've ever seen. So I love Giannis and I think he's great, but I do think that, um, I think Shaq's like, to me, like his, his peak was like a top three all-time peak for me in the NBA. I, I agree. Like, I think Shaq, I think Giannis is at Shaq's early career level now. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like, that. it's not like he didn't, he didn't, he definitely didn't start that way, but right, he's right, at right. that level currently. Totally. I think his defense is probably better, but I just think that Shaq's offense was unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. On the same page. Um, yeah. With that being said, uh, God, we, okay. We re- we need to talk about the Lakers here real quick. Cause <laughs> What a dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm just starting with the take without starting with the facts. Um, they have, a they have acquired Westbrook yep. in a trade. I don't have the trade details in front of me. I'm not, Oh God, that's horrible of me. I'm not a professional. Um, Montrez Harrell, uh, Casey Kyle P, Kuzma. Kuzma first round pick. I think that was it. Yeah. You're the best. And, um, they have re-signed Dwight Howard. <laughs> they uh, Andre Drummond uh, ended up signing with the 76ers, so they've lost. Isn't that Drummond. weird too? Is there like any super like, weird, weird tra- thing that happened in this offseason? Super like- weird, um, real bizarro world stuff. Uh, and they've also signed uh, Carmelo Anthony. They are now the oldest team in the NBA. And are they? Uh, is that, is that, oh, and they've the- also signed Trevor Ariza. Yes. Yeah. Another guy in the top 10 oldest players in the league. Yeah. And it it's just like, it, it's wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is my little hot take for the Lakers. I feel like the Lakers organization was like, we are going to take care of the last years of LeBron James's career. And we are going to consider this a, a great responsibility. And in doing so, because LeBron is LeBron, him and clutch sports really low key, take all the reins Mm -hmm. and make all this, all the decisions. And we are going to hear a ton of players shouldn't be GM takes over the next year, like a ton. We're going to hear a ton of that talk. And I feel like I'm not against LeBron having power. Like I'm really not. I kind of feel like he's just straight up earned it. Yeah. But I also am like, if he never wins again, he has to be the face of that responsibility. I don't yeah. think it's Jeannie Buss, and I don't think it's um, the guy that looks like Rob Lowe. Rob Polinka spent like four he years. He looks exactly like Rob Lowe. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I really don't think it's their fault. I really think LeBron has to own this and take the L for this fully. If it doesn't work out fully, fully, fully. Well, here, here's a, a slight disagreement here because I actually I kind of like some of their uh, moves that they made. I think the Dwight Howard signing was solid. Um, I think like he's like a, a, as the, as, at the minimum, it's like, sure. He's like a solid backup center. Um, I like the Wayne Ellington signing for them. I think he gives them like a lot of good spacing. I think he shot like 42% from three last year or something like that. Um, I like Malik Monk signing there. I think that was smart to get like a a pair of young legs to join in. And I like the Kendrick Nunn signing as well. 
Um, so they got some young guards in there at least to kind of do some stuff for them. But yeah, I mean, Carmelo makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, letting Caruso go is dangerous. They, they have one of the great, like the, the, the way that the Lakers won the championship was with defense uh, with Danny green and uh, Caruso and KCP um, giving a lot of good perimeter defense. So if people were able to get past them, then they have to deal with Davis. Now you're putting a lot of pressure on Davis. Like, I don't know if there's like, other than Dwight, and maybe LeBron, if he's healthy, like who else is um, an above average defender on the team? Uh, you know, Ariza is like 36 or 37. Like he can only give you so much. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think generally I don't love the direction they're going in, but I do think that there are some good moves mixed in there. Okay. I, I don't disagree with what you've said, but I feel like when you factor in all of that, and then you add a Russell Westbrook. You know what? I did forget about Westbrook when I mentioned this that. is yes. a fucking dumpster fire. Okay, this is okay. This is I how I totally forgot about Westbrook being on the team, the biggest addition who's making like fifty million dollars. What a what a moron! This uh, is okay. This is my take on Westbrook, and I feel like this is not something I've heard anybody else say, but this is how I feel. Okay. I think if Westbrook played and he didn't look to score and he was, and and if he kind of got into his head, like I'm going to average a double, double in assists and rebounds, Mm -hmm. he could be very successful. Right. So like a Draymond green type of role. Yes. If he embraced that role as a guard, Mm -hmm. he could be successful. Um, with the Lakers, because you have LeBron and AD and you have these other scorers, he isn't going to have to force the ball up as much as he had to with the Rockets and the Wizards mm-hmm. and even OKC before that. So this is his fourth team in four years. Wow. And I feel yeah. like if you're Westbrook, you really got to look in the mirror and be like, if I want to win, I got to do things differently at, at this point point if he took that approach to basketball i think he could be really successful but i'm not convinced that's what he is going to do yeah i mean i think zach lowe brought that uh, that um concept of like we're all waiting for him to like become a cutter and do those types of things a screen setter um back when he was like playing with harden you know and if he Mm -hmm. can't uh, become like a good off-ball guy playing next to james harden it's probably not going to happen really or bradley beal you know Uh, i think i think the difference is if he's forcing the ball up mm -hmm. and shooting a lot of like really bad shots yeah lebron is gonna punch that guy in the face or at least a whiteboard in the locker room you know yeah 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 Uh, like no like i mean not lebron's not like i'm not suggesting lebron is violent but i just mean like i know i was just i was just making a joke about when he broke his hand in the finals because of uh Oh, right. <laughs> sorry. That's my bad that I, 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 I wasn't that's actually that totally you were my saying bad. that he was going to punch somebody. No, I just felt like I should maybe clarify, but like <laughs> I I'm cause he's not like Jordan in that sense, but like LeBron yeah. will be pissed oh, and yeah. he will have someone else to answer to where I think like James Harden and Bradley Beal are just too passive. Yeah. You're probably right with that kind of stuff. And probably Paul George as well. Like they're too passive mm-hmm. and so, and Kevin Durant is passive aggressive. So <laughs> I just, so, you know, this is, 
you know, kind of the first time where he has like a very assertive leader mm-hmm. that he has to answer to. And to me, that's interesting because I also am looking at this like LeBron made this decision. Mm-hmm. I so mean, he had to sign off on it. If he wasn't going to, if he wasn't on board, they wouldn't have done it. Exactly. So to me, that's the upside for them, or that's like the hope for them mm-hmm. is that Westbrook is going to reinvent how he approaches the game. Yeah, but imagine how good this team would be seven years ago, though. It would be so good. Oh, my God. Forget it. Forget <laughs> it. They would have been they would have been the 2017 Warriors. Oh, yeah. It'd be the best. Yeah, it would have been. Um, it's crazy wild. that Dwight was on the last aging um, Lakers super team that we didn't expect to work out when he was with um, Nash and Pau Gasol and Kobe. Um, well, yeah. Like 2006 or whatever that was, that was. That was a disaster. I mean... Yeah. Talk about another team that needs a center. Marcus Gasol is still their starting center. Right. You don't think, well, you don't think between Gasol, um, AD and uh, Howard, they kind of got it figured out. No, because I AD mean, like, doesn't like playing center, but he has to, he has to. And I think like if Houston proved anything a couple years ago, the best way to play um, Westbrook at this point is to kind of make him your center in terms of the type of spacing you're going to get from that position. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I like, look, I I've been hard on Gasol in this podcast. I do genuinely really, really like the guy, but mm-hmm. he is, and he is so smart. I would love to see him coach. Actually. He's such a smart player. I would love to see him coach, but he is he's just a step too slow now and any of his brilliance is lost because teams can see it coming yeah he can't defend the pick and roll very well anymore he did have good he has such good he had such good feet and he had such good positioning that he can mask his um general lack of movement pretty well but i think it's yeah i think you're right i think it's just gone off the cliff in the last couple years i mean he he got scorched by daniel tice and that boston series two years absolutely ago. like i i was shocked that the lakers Scorched. even signed him i was shocked yeah. that he even got signed i thought he was out of the nba that after the bubble <laughs> i really did i really really did and and i just feel like gasol in his mind still thinks he's a great athlete but he isn't and that's like a hard place to be mm-hmm. as, as an individual but also as a team because you have to like break it to him And he's, and he's not going to believe you. And I think he's just going to spend a year being real salty on that bench. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I have a question for you, Catherine. What is your favorite move of the off season? What is your number one move where you're like, that's aces. The Scotty Barnes pick. (laughs) (laughs) So are you super on board with the Scotty Barnes pick? Are you no, like, no, oh, okay. I, I didn't no. know. I assumed <laughs> I it was it. a joke. And then I was like, well, maybe I spoke over you and like, you're actually super on board. With it. No, this is a really good question. Um, okay. You know what? My favorite move of this off season is the Phoenix suns keeping Chris Paul. Oh, okay. That's I what I'll go the with. Contract they gave Cam. I like, by their perspective that they gave campaign. I can't believe campaign only got $6 million a year. Like he was so good in the playoffs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He could get past anybody off the dribble. Like he was getting the basket against every single elite defense in the playoffs. And it's like, feel like that's worth If That's worth. I feel like that's worth more than 6 million bucks. You know? 
Yeah. I mean, I guess when you're winning and you're like, Hey, we really want to keep Chris Paul. It's easier to convince someone to take a discount yep. because Chris Paul is a short window and he's still young. That's that true. Maybe he they just could have been there. like the bigger contracts coming. Totally. Yeah. Um, but I look, I don't believe in the Phoenix suns. I don't think they're in the finals <laughs> next year. <laughs> I love, I love this take. Down. This, this comes off the question of what's your favorite move of the offseason. I don't even know what team I'm rooting for next year at this point. This is, this is a therapy session. This is, this is just us <laughs> railing against the world and everyone's, everyone's uh, basketball-related decisions. But go on. Why don't you believe in the Phoenix Suns? They're just not repeating next year. They're who's, just who's your not. pick to win the West? Who's, who's your uh, pick for next oh, year? That's a good question. It's a tough question, eh? It's a tough question. My, okay, assuming everyone's healthy, yeah. I am a believer in the Denver Nuggets. Wow, okay. Yeah. If they're all, if they're healthy, I was really impressed with what they did after Jamal Murray went down. Yep. And I, I think I mean, the Aaron Gordon trade was a really good trade. And who's, uh, they, I remember reading that they had a couple good moves this offseason. I can't remember exactly what they were. I know that, I think, they re-signed Jamichael Green. I could be wrong. But I remember them picking up a couple people and being like, ooh, that's a decent signing. Am I wrong? Um, they have Will Barton. Yeah, I knew I knew Will was back. Um, and sorry, I'm just scrolling through this. Uh Jamichael Green stayed. Also, too, like I think uh Jeff Green. They got Oh, Jeff, Jeff Green. Green. I really like Jeff go. Green signing for them. That's what it was. Yeah, and I think somebody uh and they they kept Austin Rivers as well, which I think is a very solid backup um fourth guard that's great keep it up yeah and i just feel like uh somebody like michael porter jr could is still young enough that he can improve like i I just think that better every single season could still progress you know yeah i i think michael malone's a decent coach like i don't know like i just think like if they are healthy, I mean, and talk about somebody who can legitimately match up against an Anthony Davis mm-hmm. or even a Giannis for that matter. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not saying he, I'm tough, not saying Jokic mo- wins that matchup, but that's a mm-hmm. matchup. Yeah. I mean, you would probably want to put Aaron Gordon on, on uh, Giannis in that situation anyways, but yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Right. But like, that's, yeah, that's a challenge. I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. I really, I really like the Nuggets if they're healthy. Yeah, I mean, I, you just got to hope if Jamal Murray can come back from that ACL in time for the playoffs next year um, to be 100%. Yeah, it's because, a big if. It's a big if. Yeah. I think the league is still wide open, which uh, definitely keeps it exciting. I think if they're healthy, I think um, the Jazz still have a shot too. I don't, I don't think it was kind of taken into account the fact that Mike Conley was just shot. Um, yeah yeah it was big for them it was big for them and he was an (laughs) all-star and i do think too like um you know like the bucks crumbled in the playoffs multiple times before they came back this year yeah and so you almost crashed and burned against adversity i mean they were like two inches of a of a Kevin Durant foot from crashing and burning against a Nets team without Kyrie and oh God, James Harden. They, you know? I mean, imagine they were he one like foot away from gone fired. It like it would have just been nuts. It yeah, it's so true. Just the fate of it all is just crazy. Yeah. Um, with that, we got to wrap up here. Sure. I got wow. Talk about a real cynical way to like wrap up the whole season. But uh, my Nick Nurse. 
I call the segment hot girl summer Nick nurse highlight of the week. It has not been a hot girl summer for Nick nurse. It has not been a hot girl year, frankly, 2021 just hasn't been Nick's year. Um, but there is some Nick nurse news. He is being sued by his former agent really for owing him commissions on his Raptors extension contract. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I read an article about it on CBC news. This guy repped him for like since 2013 up until like 2019. Mm -hmm. And he claims that he spent nine months negotiating Nick nurse's extension and then was told to stop. And okay. then Nick Nurse signed with Clutch Sports. Whoa! <laughs> and then, and then signed his extension officially with Clutch Sports. Right. I don't. I mean, just from but what this you said agent there, it feels seem like, like he's owed something. On. No, I don't think this former agent does have a leg to stand on, but he feels because he put in that time right. in the negotiation process that he is he, that he is due a, a commission. Yeah, I mean, a realtor can get signed by people to sell a house. And if they don't, if he doesn't sell the house and then a new guy comes in and sells the house, mm-hmm. the old guy doesn't get the commission. No. Um, and no. I, I'm going to go out on here on a limb and say that the guy who Nick Nurse signed as an agent in 2013 probably wasn't the biggest agent on the block. No! <laughs> like <laughs> like when he was like the head coach of like a team in Great Britain or something, it probably wasn't like, you know, Rich Paul um yeah so interesting interesting uh interesting news on nick yeah it just has not been that guy's year honestly no 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 No, it's been a tough couple years for nick nurse but man that guy plays a mean guitar yeah that guy just needs to take a guitar and just like go to the beach for a while (laughs) (laughs) just go to the beach with your family for a while and get a get a nice little tan in and uh come come back fresh in the fall yeah, yeah, I can I can go for a tan myself. Oh, I could too. This is probably the most pale I've ever been in a summer. I know no one can see this because it's not a visual podcast, but Catherine looks about 90 shades darker than I do on this <laughs> Zoom call. Like I look translucent. It's it's like a lot of it's lighting, but like I look like Beetlejuice over here. Uh <laughs> I'm sure this is all just lighting, but that's very funny. Um, with that being said, Matt, thank you so much for being here. This is actually our season finale episode. I've been doing episodes for a bit over a year straight because of the bubble. And then with the shortened off season, I, I, I didn't take a break. Wow. So, for you. Yeah. You can so go on the beach with Nick. I, I, you know what? I am available to go on a beach with Nick. Uh, had he known this, uh, maybe plans would be different. No, uh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, but thanks again for being my guest today. Uh, where welcome. can people find you on the internet? Um, www.sporkle.com. It's a website for quizzes and stuff. I have a few quizzes on there if you want to take them. I name all the states in the United States um, and then a few other ones about basketball. So I'm on Sporkle. <laughs> if you could name all the states, I'd actually be impressed. I, I might be able to, but I don't think that makes good radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Matt McCready is online. You can find him <laughs> if you want. Yeah, I'm on Facebook if you want to add me as a friend. Anyone who's listening to this podcast. <laughs> 
it's 2020, you can uh, add me to Facebook. <laughs> sure, we can write on each other's walls and what we're doing in the day. Yeah. Uh, we can hope our parents don't ever get an account. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good times. Uh, well, thanks, Betty. Hey, thanks for having me. Against my teeth, they came through in a clutch. Now hold my clutch, hey, cause I'm about to stir shit out. No time for breakdowns, only shakedowns. You could roll with us or stay on our way now. Never jaded, just frustrated. We're getting any younger, not that you can tell.